everyone. Today, I want to start by giving thanks to the Almighty God for who He is in my life and showing me His strength. He is truly an amazing God. Listeners, I would like to share something with you. Last week's podcast was not a good one. I wasn't very happy with the outcome. A few days prior to recording, I had a bout with my asthma, and I knew that I did not feel up to doing the podcast. Nevertheless, I did, and it was not my best. A few days after I uploaded the podcast, my son Rich listened to it, and he called me and asked me to take it down. He said, Ma, it's not good. I couldn't even listen to it all. I told him that I was not feeling well when I put it together. He said, please take it down and do it over. I was hesitant to do so. But after he kept prodding me to take it down, I got up and went to my laptop to do so. Listeners, I had no idea what happened, but my laptop would not stop spinning so that it could boot up. I was in the middle of working because I work from home since the COVID-19 and could not wait for it to come on. A few hours later, I was sitting at the dinner table having dinner when out of nowhere it came to me. The vision went like this. What better way to show my listeners just how real the topic for my book was than to share what was happening? The other podcast I recorded prior, I was feeling great and I had welcomed the Holy Spirit before starting each one for him to guide me. But for episode five, I did not do that. I operated out of my own strength, and that day I basically had none. Episode with asthma, I usually need four to five days of downtime, but I had only taken one day. I had to work and take care of other few things that could not wait, and so I did not rest as needed. In my haste to upload last week's session, I stepped into the driver's seat, even after knowing that these podcasts are not my idea. Listeners, that is how God has been operating in my life. He tells me what to do. He guides me. And once I obey, it worked out. But sometimes I get stubborn and try to take control. Then he reminds me that I need his strength to continue on this journey. At first, I wanted to apologize to all of you for not giving my best. But walking with God does not mean that I will not make mistakes. What it means is that I need to obey him. And even when I slip up, I can return to him to correct whatever mistake I make. I am not 100% as yet listeners, but I am much better than I was last week. That said, thank you, Lord, for bringing me this far. Thank you for being my strength, a much needed strength in my weakness. Listeners, thank you once again for listening and allowing me into your homes cars, offices, and wherever else you listen to my podcast. Thank you. I'm indeed humble. Thank you, Dave Lester Payne and your entire crew for the marketing of my book. You guys totally rock. I'm indeed pleased with the effort afforded to me. Such an amazing team who was not only kind, but very courteous. Welcome and thank you to Antigua and Barbuda. Welcome, Africa. Hello, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, Guyana. Hello, United Virgin Islands. Hello and welcome England, Canada, United Kingdom. And hello and thank you to the United States. If there's anyone else that is listening from other islands or country, please let me know and I will do a shout out. For those of you who are listening for the first time, this is Dr. Eureta Taylor, author of His Strength in My Weakness, 
Journey of Brokenness, Breakthrough, and Transformation. My book can be purchased in physical form and ebook on Amazon.com and ZulonPress.com. It is currently being sold in Best of Books and Methodist Bookstore in Antigua. Listeners, last week I promised that we would visit Antigua, and so today we will return to my humble beginnings of where it all started. I will be reading starting on page one, which is also chapter one. So for those of you who have your book and would like to follow along, please feel free. Chapter one, humble beginnings. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Proverbs 22, verse six. I grew up in a Christian home in Freetown, Antigua, one of the Caribbean islands. The village was small and we knew everyone very well. We all would look out for one another and share food freely from each other's gardens. If one neighbor had tomatoes and the other lettuce, both had salad. We never felt the need to lock doors even when we weren't home. One or another neighbor would always be around to keep an eye out. Sound teachings. I have two brothers and three sisters. My mother's siblings and I attended church every Sunday. We had Sunday school first, followed by church services. Although my father never went to church, he would never dream of any of us staying home on a Sunday and not attending. If he knew one of us was home, he would tell whomever it was to get dressed and go to church, regardless of what time it was. It was important to my father that we attend church regularly. He wanted to make sure that we received spiritual teachings. My parents made sure we said the Lord's Prayer and Psalms 23 every night while kneeling beside our bed. We also had to say grace before we were allowed to eat. Thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. Each school day started with a student or teacher reading from the Bible. Then the class would sing a hymn, which was followed by prayer. At the end of the day, class was closed with prayer. We also participated in Vacation Bible School, Girls Brigade, and Youth Fellowship. Each activity was Bible-based and taught us more about Jesus Christ. In order to participate in Girls Brigade, a girl could not have a child outside of wedlock or she would be forced to leave the organization. Even if a girl lived with a man outside of wedlock, again, she could not participate in the group. At Christmas time, I often played the role of Mary, Jesus's mother, or Elizabeth, Mary's cousin in the church play. By the age of 10, I knew who died for my sins, and I knew the difference between right and wrong and where I would go if I did bad things. So I tried my best to be good. I did not want to turn to burn in the hot fires of hell that the preacher talked about. I thought going to church and being involved in church activities showed everyone, especially my parents, that I was good. Harsh discipline, lasting damage. Mother and I never got along. Instead, my father, whom I thought was my anchor, left me damaged. I was only 12 years old when my father struck me, knocked me out cold. I remember feeling hurt and alone. Even though my mother would beat me, 
Only twice do I remember her leaving marks on my body. On the other hand, my father hurt me so badly I ended up getting stitches. It was a Sunday morning and I was sitting at the table having breakfast with my family. My father came in and was upset because I'd fed the pig from the wrong bucket. I don't remember what happened next other than a frozen pork shoulder coming my way and knocking the wind out of me. It left a scar on the right side of my forehead. The doctor said that my frontal lobe was damaged. This would later cause me to be depressed and have headaches daily. Following that episode, my mother sent me to live with my grandmother in a town called Liberta, about 20 miles away from home. Soon after I moved in with my grandmother, my uncle started molesting me while I was asleep. I would wake up to him touching my private parts. I told my mother, but she did nothing. I couldn't understand why my mother did not intervene since she herself experienced similar situation when she was younger. My grandmother had removed my mother from the house. She went to live in Freetown with relatives on her father's side of the family. Thinking back, I believe that the reason she did nothing when I told her was because it stirred up memories from her own childhood. After getting no results from my mom, I told one of my teachers. She had noticed a vast drop in my grades and wanted to know the reason. It wasn't too long after I moved to my grandmother's house that I returned to live in Freetown again. I didn't know how it came about, but I was happy to be back in Freetown. I preferred to be in Freetown, even though it meant cooking and cleaning. My mother had this notion, like most Caribbean mothers, that a girl should cook, clean, and take care of the home. This was all in preparation for her to be knowledgeable in the upkeep of a home when she got married. I, on the other hand, believed that as a little girl, I needed to enjoy childhood before life's responsibilities got in the way. Some would say I was rebellious, and I probably was. Instead of cooking and cleaning, I would hang out with my friends, read books, or play sports. I enjoyed reading. Reading was my escape, and I would read for hours. When the power went out, I could be found inside reading with the help of candles or flashlight. I read anything I got my hands on, but love stories were my favorite. Books gave me hope, hope of finding the perfect man to love me. I envisioned a husband who would see that I was good and he would love me completely. I had a hard time accepting the fact that there was no good in me, especially after being beaten and scarred, both physically and mentally. How could there be any good in me when I was always getting whipped? I envisioned a husband would see past anything that I'd done wrong and who would show me unconditional love. Listeners, I'm going to stop here on page four before I start to read about beautiful Antigua. The subheading of that chapter is, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. It wasn't until I became a mother that I realized that my upbringing was better than what I had for my children. Reading from the Bible and praying in school was so needed. Even the whippings that the teachers were allowed to give was so needed. It helped. 
Looking back, I saw how much life was different and more uniform with the discipline that was given in the schools. Neighbors were allowed to discipline your children back in those days. Going to church, I hated having to go every Sunday, especially that I was not allowed to nap. I always wanted to sleep in church. I was never tired until the pastor started preaching. Then my eyes started dimming. It was magical. He got ready to preach and I got ready to sleep. But my mother or an elderly in the church would not allow that to happen. I did, however, enjoy participating in the plays and the youth functions. One of the things that God had been constantly laying on my heart is the importance of looking backwards. As I look backwards at my life, I saw how much what I thought was so wrong was exactly what formed me into the person I have become. Our childhood helps to shape us into the adult we become. Because of that, it becomes imperative for us to train our children the right way. Lead them to church. Allow your neighbors to look out for them. Listeners, church is needed and so is discipline. I am living testimony of how much it is needed. I grew up in one world and raised my children in another. There is a huge difference in the way things were versus the way they are now. I have four boys and they bother most days on the ideology that my life growing up in Antigua was the worst thing that ever happened to me. All because I made them attend church and gave them beatings. I did not spare the rod. The Bible says, spare not the rod and spoil the child. Listeners, if we're going to believe that there is a higher power, just like myself, we need to sit shotgun and not jump into the driver's seat. Let go and let God. Don't we get tired and don't know what to do? Don't give up. Don't give up on your children. Don't leave them with the first person just because you could. Protect them. Protect them from the danger you yourself know and the danger you don't know. It is not easy being a parent, but your kids still need you. Children need both parents because of the role each parent plays in their lives. Fathers, before you leave your children, think of the feelings of neglect that will stay with them. Mothers, while you are thinking that you have your life to live, make the sacrifice. I've heard mothers say they want their son to marry a church girl, yet the mother does not take her son to church. My young men went to church as boys living with me. Now they do not attend, but they were trained and they will return to church. Our children are going astray because we have gotten away from the village that raises a child. I remember the role the neighbors played in my life growing up. There was no way we were ever allowed to pass a person who is older without saying hello. We had so many aunts and uncles growing up. Then as we got older, I realized that they were not really aunts and uncles, but those terms were used out of respect. Now I appreciate everything that I grew up knowing and learning, not only because I now know better, but because of where it has brought me. Such humble beginnings. Next week, we'll continue to read our journey in Antigua on page four where I left off. Last week, I mentioned the opportunity of a person um, earning a free book. 
the 10th person to purchase a copy of my book from Methodist Bookstore will earn themselves a free copy. Just show up to purchase your book, and if you are the 10th person, you will get your copy free. Those are for the listeners that are in Antigua, and the reason it is in Antigua is because that's where I'm reading. As I go to different states, it will be a free copy given away in that state where you live. So that free copy would be in Antigua as long as the book still has me in Antigua. Last week, I mentioned the first step in achieving success was to train the mind and the body will follow. So now we're going to start to train our minds to figure out who it is we are meant to be. Start to think about what you love to do. And if you're not doing it, then figure out the first step in getting started. For example, if you desire to become a firefighter, becoming a firefighter might entail a certain level of education. Once you believe within yourself that that is your calling, then get moving. Daily, you should be thinking about becoming that firefighter while you take time out of your day to get the desired education needed. So now you are one step closer to obtaining that career as a firefighter. Next week, we will take a look at another step. This week's challenge will be to make that first step towards becoming a new you to achieve a different level of success or happiness in your life. We all have a purpose in this world. It is no more, I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to be here. I'm just waiting for death to come. While you are here, we're going to give God thanks for life and we're going to ask him to reveal to us our purpose. Take it from me. You are so much happier when you know what your purpose is. Is that one thing that you will do even if you don't receive monetary value from it? You just get up every day and you're just happy to do it because that is your purpose. Look within yourself. I challenge you to look inside yourself and find out what it is you're good at. And if you need help to get there, you can reach me. You can follow me on Facebook, send me a message. You can follow me on Instagram, send me a message. It's YouTube. There's my email out there. You can send me a message and we could do this together. Please continue to tune in and listen. Feel free to share. Feel free to share the link with others and thank you once again. Father God, as we go through this week, please keep us safe and protected. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for everything that you are doing and everything that you are getting ready to do. We love and praise you because of who you are. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for listening. Be blessed and have a blessed week.